Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. It's so good to be with you. I am thrilled. Does the scenery look a little different? It's the same as yesterday. I am at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, with Father Richard known as Rick Heilman. It's so wonderful to be here. We've been here a couple of days and uh, probably be heading back tomorrow. And we are thrilled. It's beautiful, beautiful country out there, out here. And we've just been exploring the whole United States. And uh, today we're going to be going to the installation of their new wonderful Bishop Hying, H-Y-I-N-G, who is coming to Madison from Gary, Indiana, um, truly, and he is um, uh, coming after Bishop Morlino, as you know, Bishop Morlino, one of the most wonderful bishops in the whole country, whole world, and uh, died uh, not too long ago. And uh, Bishop Hying, very happily and wonderfully for this diocese, uh, has been chosen to succeed him. So we're very thrilled. We're honored to be here at the time of his installation, and we'll be going. It's really glorious. A wonderful bishop. You should look him up online, Bishop Hying, Bishop Donald Hying. Truly a holy, loving, down-to-earth, 110% shepherd, a true shepherd. If you, if you wish to know what a true shepherd looks and sounds like in the midst of our age where, uh, supposed shepherds are, are wolves, wolves in shepherds clothing. Ah, some of them are. Some of them are, but we have many wonderful bishops in the country. And the Bishop Hying is an example of, uh, just about the best. Really wonderful. So we are, the trip here to Madison has just been filled with all kinds of things that came together and we're thrilled for it. And yesterday when we were talking, I was giving you an illustration of the Lamb of God, which Father Rick Heilman was speaking about in his homily. It was John the Baptist yesterday and Rick, Father Rick Heilman's birthday, for those of you who know and love him. Um, and uh, I was looking for a lamb to illustrate our sins being transferred on to the lamb. And I said, where's a lamb when you need one? And after the program, someone pointed out, we've got a lamb right here. Can you see that cute thing? He's right here behind me. Uh, Jesus, the, the, the lamb is holding the sheep. The lamb laid down his life for the sheep, for us. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I think it was last week that I... Uh, printed out a paper written by a few bishops, including Cardinal Burke, and it's called, um, it's for the record, Declaration of the Truths Relating to Some of the Most Common Errors in the Life of the Church of Our Time. Declaration of the Truths Relating to Some of the Most Common Errors in the Life of the Church of Our Time. And I've said more than once, uh, we need to live as if it's true. The only way that we can help the, what looks like the 
uh, ongoing destruction of the church. And of course, the gates of hell will never prevail against it. God has promised that he will lead his church into truth at the end of time. And it was an apologist of the last century, Frank Sheed, who said that the church is the... um, Oh, how could I forget this wonderful statement? Um, The church is the cause of the holiness of its members. The church at its core, the church, Christ is the head, the church is the cause of the holiness of its members. But their holiness, um, but its holiness is not measured by their response. Let me do that again and try not to mess it up. The church is the cause of of the holiness of its members. But its holiness is not measured by their response, you see? So if the members are off, apostatized, teach error, become apathetic, whatever it may be, um, that doesn't touch the holiness of the church. It does not touch it because the church is Christ. So regardless of what it looks like, it is perfect, it is holy, it is without sin. The church in its essence is Christ. We need to do a better job of being and becoming what we are. But the church is holy and perfect. And we can get frustrated during these times. We can get depressed. We can get angry, all of that. But it's not going to help us. It'll only drain our ability to live for God. That's all it will do. The only thing we can do to honor God and become saints Um, which Mother Teresa said it's the only tragedy for us not to be saints, because we are saints. Saints are those not that are perfect, but that are set apart for God, set apart from the world to Christ. That happened at our baptism, and we need to live that. And so these beautiful bishops, together with Cardinal Burke, put together this Declaration of Truths. I think they have 40, 4-0 in there of everything that is confusing us during these days because of the teaching of much of the magisterium. It's just confusing us. And um, we don't know what to do. And if our bishop says, the Pope says this, we're going to do it. The uh, bishop will say we're giving communion to uh, uh, husbands and wives in irregular situations. Well, Irregular is a nice way to live in sin without being accountable for it. There's no such thing as an irregular marriage. There's, it's either a marriage or it's not. It's a sinful state or it's a marriage, one or the other. And if one is divorced and remarried without a proper annulment, without the church's involvement, and, and then it means you or they are living in a state of adultery. And when you're living in adultery, you must not receive communion, no matter what anybody says. No matter what anybody says. The Holy Father, we pray for him every day. He is not infallible. He is a fallible human being. Uh, he is infallible when he teaches matters of faith and morals that are binding on the faithful. If he said that this is new teaching, a development, it's not a development, it's a departure. But if he says it's a development, and I bind this on you, on the church to believe, then he would be declared a heretic, because one cannot change. Truth is truth. Its application can change through the years, but if the application changes the doctrine, it's false. 
and we must not do it. And say, well, the Pope said so, so I'm going to just tell God we're doing what he said or what my priest said or what the bishop said. You can tell that to God, but you're going to tell that to him, not on the way to heaven. Well, what am I going to do if my priest tells me wrong? Are you going to leave your eternal destiny in the hands of any priest or bishop or pope? You are Catholic. You are a child of God. You are baptized. You've been confirmed. You are in the fight. This is spiritual warfare. You are a soldier of Christ. We have the Internet. We have the catechism. We have the church documents. It is up to us to know our faith. And we don't remain children um, to say that uh, I'm going to do what my priest tells me. No. Maybe your priest is wrong. Maybe he's wrong with good intentions or misplaced intentions. We need to know our faith and help the priest to uh, understand or correct himself or to let him know we don't want um, emotional niceness or opinions. We want truth. Truth is the only thing that will set us free, the only thing that will lead us to heaven. So this document, I'm going to read at the end. It was written on May 31st, or it was published on May 31st, and it, there's four authors of it. Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, patron of the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. Cardinal Janis Pujats, I know I'm not pronouncing the names right, Archbishop Emeritus of Riga Tomasz Peta, Archbishop of the Diocese of St. Mary in Astena, Jan Paul Lenga, I'm messing up these names, forgive me, Archbishop Bishop Emeritus of Caraganda, and a man that we love very, very much, um, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who is Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Astana. Many of you have met Bishop Snyder. He is a, just a tremendous gift to the church today, as is Cardinal Burke and those who have written this with them together. So we're going to take your calls and your emails and your texts today right after the first break. And just so you have the information to begin with, the toll-free number to call or text is one 877 Five four eight three, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. This is Mother Miriam Live, brought to you by LiveSite News and the Station of the Cross, and you can watch it on YouTube and both Facebook pages, and I'm just thrilled. This is new for us, and uh, we're just thrilled to be coming to you live, and everybody else, just like it always has been on the radio, this is Heart to Heart with Mother Miriam, with only the title changed. Uh, Mother Miriam live, everything else is the same, uh, except we're live streaming, and it's just really wonderful. I love it when we work together as a team at LifeSite News and Station of the Cross, two fabulous, orthodox, holy, zealous, sold-out-for-Jesus apostolates, and they're working together to bring this to you. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled, and I'm honored, and I invite you to call or write or text and we'll take those calls and emails and such in the order they come in right after the first break. So I'm not going to have time today to do more than read the introduction to you. It's the explanatory note from the bishops themselves. And I will read this. Um, and they say, in our time, 
the church is experiencing one of the greatest spiritual epidemics, that is, an almost universal doctrinal confusion and disorientation, which is a seriously contagious danger for spiritual health and eternal salvation for many souls. At the same time, one has to recognize a widespread lethargy in the exercise of the magisterium on different levels of the church's hierarchy in our days. I mean, this is, these are tragic things that have to be written and spoken. But you see, we have to do that. We have to communicate these things with one another because we all feel it. And when we, and when a bishops write it, good bishops write these things, we say, oh, I'm not crazy. I, this is right. That's right. It is going, uh, there is leth- lethargy and apathy and a turning away from the faith and, and living in sin, just kind of second nature. It's, hold on. Oh. I stopped my sneeze. I realized I was going to sneeze into the microphone. I couldn't do that to you. Okay. So now, I'm going to continue reading from these bishops. At the same time, one has to... Uh, we read that. Okay. This is largely caused by the non-compliance with the apostolic duty, as stated also by the Second Vatican Council, to, quote, this is from Lumen Gentium, to vigilantly ward off any errors that threaten the flock. And you see at the point, not only is the hierarchy and our bishops and many priests not warding off errors that threaten the flock. They're bombarding us with errors that threaten the flock. They're putting them on us. It's a reversal. It's an awful situation. And the bishops say our time is characterized by an acute spiritual hunger of the Catholic faithful all over the world for a reaffirmation of those truths that are obfuscated undermined and denied by some of the most dangerous errors of our time. The faithful who are suffering this spiritual hunger feel themselves abandoned and thus find themselves in a kind of existential periphery. I think many, many, many people feel that. How do these bishops know that? They know. Because in a sense, they feel on the periphery. And Millions are coming to them to ask for help. A public declaration of the truths regarding these errors cannot admit a further deferral. Blessed be God. Hence, we are mindful of the following timeless words of Pope St. Gregory the Great. Quote, Our tongue may not be slack to exhort, and having undertaken the office of bishops, our silence may not prove our condemnation at the tribunal of the just judge. The people committed to our care abandoned God, and we are silent. Bishops, 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 your excellencies, your graces, on our knees. I'm not on my knees right now because I'm sitting before you. We beg you. We absolutely absolutely beg you to not be silent. Your sheep are going astray. They're starving. They're getting stuck in the thorns. They're dirty. They need the shepherd's care. They're helpless without, absolutely helpless without the shepherd. We beg you 
not to be silent. We beg you to make your voice known because we'll know your voice. The sheep know the voice of a true shepherd. They live in sin and we do not. They, the sheep, live in sin and we, the shepherds, do not stretch out a hand to correct. That was Pope Gregory, St. Pope Gregory the Great. And then it goes on from the bishops. We are aware of our grave responsibility as Catholic bishops, according to the admonition of St. Paul, who teaches that God gave to his church, quote, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is a quote from Ephesians 4. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Beloved, you think when the Apostle Paul is writing this, he's writing about Christians keeping separate from the world. Uh, every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Stay away from all that. You're Christians now. The, the problem today is all of that is a description of what's going on in the church. It's, it's just dreadful. Rather, Paul, Paul goes on to say, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, end quote. Those are our marching orders. Those are only part of our marching orders, but that's what we're to do. The bishops say this, in the spirit of fraternal charity, we publish this declaration of truths as a concrete spiritual help so that bishops, priests, parishes, religious convents, lay faithful associations, and private persons as well might have the opportunity to confess either privately or publicly those truths that in our days are mostly denied or disfigured. Oh, you know, beloved fathers, every one of you, print this out. Look for it online, Declaration of Truths, and type in Bishop Snyder, Cardinal Burke. You'll get the whole document. You should read it to your family. Sit around the fireplace at night or the air conditioner, and you should read it to your family and go over these things because people are confused. And if you send your children to Catholic schools today, um, they might be very confused because then they leave and they haven't been taught Catholicism and they go to college and they leave the Catholic Church and they haven't left the Catholic Church. They've left what's they've been told is the Catholic Church, but it is not. It's a, it's tragic to have that happen. Okay, let me go on here. Um Where am I? Here I am. The following exhortation, which we won't get to today, but we will. The following exhortation of the Apostle Paul should be understood 
as addressed also to each bishop and lay faithful of our time. And this is his words to Timothy. Quote, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you, Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free that we keep you bishops, keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. End quote. Before the eyes of the divine judge and in his own conscience, each bishop, priest, and lay faithful has the moral duty to give witness unambiguously to those truths that in our days are obfuscated, undermined, and denied. Private and public acts of a declaration of these truths could initiate a movement of a confession of the truth, of its defense, and of reparation for the widespread sins against faith, for the sins of hidden and open apostasy from Catholic faith, of not a small number, both of the clergy and of the lay people. Listen, beloved, this is just... I wish I were reading history and that we lived in a better time. But we're not reading history and we're not reading of the future. This is the present day. This is the present day. One has to bear in mind, however, that such a movement will not judge itself according to numbers, but according to the truth. As St. Gregory of Nazianzus said, amidst the general doctrinal confusion of the Arian crisis, God does not delight in numbers. See? Uh, God, and, and, and another way uh, uh, that Mother Teresa said it is, God um, uh, is not after our success. He doesn't require us to be successful, only to be faithful. That's all. If we want to be successful by our goals, then our our goal is set on what we want, even if it's godly things. But if we want God's will, then we walk with him and we live for him. I'm going to tell you something that many of you won't agree with, but I was asked for our budget in the diocese. I was asked in the diocese we're in now. I was asked for our 10-year goals and our budget. And I said to them, I have no budget and I have no 10-year goals. And they said, what, what? I thought they were going to shut us down. They never heard of such a thing. And I said, I don't want it. I don't want a budget and I don't want 10-year goals. I have a dream in my heart. I will put my arms around the whole world. I want to be in every neighborhood in the world. I want a million women before I die and 20 million after I die. That's up to God. That's God's business. But no budget and no goals. Well, if you're going to have a, how, how many sisters you want by the end of the year, by the end of five years, I, I won't ever answer anything like that. I Again, I want a million sisters, but I have, I'm not reaching goals. The goal, the only goal I have is a deep desire to walk with God every single minute of every single day. Do I succeed? A lot of the time, but a lot of the time I don't. 
That's my only desire. It's the only thing that keeps me happy, to walk with God and let him do his will. You say, but mother, what if God's will were your will? What if what you wanted was God's will? What would it be? I say, I don't know. I'm, I'm finite. I'm ignorant. I'm a bit stupid. And I have no idea. Why would I want what I want when God's ways are infinitely greater? I don't want what I want. I don't even know what I want. What I want is God's will. Well, what's God's will? I don't know. Well, then how could you want what you don't know? Because it's God's will. I don't have to know what it is. It's his will. And there's such freedom. There's such beauty in that. So no goals, no budget. And if someone gives us a million dollars, we will take it. That's okay. And if someone gives us a million dollars, that means that God has a plan for that million dollars. Last week, we got a donation from a woman that we absolutely love. Her name is Maria. And she's been giving us a dollar most months. She can't afford it every month, but she sends a dollar bill in. And this time she sent the dollar bill in. She was rolling in the dough um, a year or so ago, and she sent us $2. <laughs> then she doesn't, we don't hear from her. And last week we got a, a letter with um, with a dollar. And she had two cats, and one cat died. And when her cat died, we sent her money to take care of her cat. And then she's got one cat left, Maria. And she asked us to play, pray because Maria's left ear has a problem and all of that. I tell you, it's such joy to us. That dollar from her is is heaven. It doesn't buy what a million dollars does, but it's equally from God, and we're in heaven. We're in heaven to walk with him. So, beloved, we are going to walk with him through the break right now, and we invite you to call in with anything on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in with anything. It doesn't have to be what we're talking about. one 877 Five one one five four eight three, or or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We'll be right back. know your donation could be matched? If you donate $75 to the Station of the Cross, you could have it doubled. There are many companies that will double employee donations. So when you donate $75, we'll receive $150, helping us make Catholic Radio even stronger. Help the Station of the Cross proclaim the fullness of truth with clarity and charity by checking with your employer today to see if there's an opportunity for your place of employment to double your donation. This could greatly benefit Catholic Radio so that we can share the gospel with more people. May God bless you for your support of the Station of the Cross. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back. I'm happy to be with you. And now for the rest of the program, we have a half hour all together, all to ourselves. You may call in, text, email, toll-free number, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or uh, email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Joan in Massachusetts. Are you there, Joan? Yes, I am. Good morning, Hi. Mother. How Good are you? Good morning, today? dear one. I'm great. I'm great. Go ahead with your question. Um, I just had a couple of questions, whether you might have any suggestions or resources that I might be able to look into. Sure. I've dealt with anxiety and depression for over 30 years. I lost my father when I was 20 and my mother at 29. Wow. That's and a lot. I had my depression and anxiety for almost seven years now and realized that I needed to get help. But Good. I also have like failed like... I'm isolated at times and loneliness in my life as well because I don't have a lot of friends in my life because mm-hmm. when I had these unfortunate losses in my life that people that I thought were my friends that I need, they just disappeared out of my life. And I uh, feel that yeah. it's very hard to want to trust people That's right. because I kind of felt like that was more losses in my life when you needed that support. These people Right, the very time you didn't need the losses. That Yep, yep, yep. That's awful. I feel for you, Joan. You know, there's so Thank many you. people. Oh, there's so many people that suffer. I've had depression in my life. There's so many people that suffer from depression and anxiety, and they it's 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 a very painful, lonely life uh, to do that. So there's a couple of things I'm thinking of, dear one. Um, to begin with, uh, I don't know if you're taking any medication, but uh, depression and anxiety could be caused from many things, and one of them could simply be the smallest chemical imbalance in your brain, you know, and medic- the right medication uh, can make you feel not to drug you, not to be sleepy, not anything, just make you feel like a normal person. Uh, without being depressed, and you don't even know you're taking medication. The right medication would do that. So if you're not taking prescription medication, I would suggest that you see a psychiatrist or psychologist, or, you know, sometimes for something as simple as that, a regular doctor, a primary care doctor, can, can order it for you in your pharmacy. Just very something mild, beginning, you know, beginning baby dose, and, and, and see how you do. That could really change your life and give you hope and a wonderful outlook again. The loneliness, sweetie, um, 
do you have a good parish? Um, I don't drive at the moment, and it's hard to get to my local church parish. At times, people in the past were willing to take me to church when they were available, but they, I understand that people have their own lives. And I, I asked the pastor at the parish at the time, and he said, unfortunately, they couldn't do something like that, and he's moved on to another parish now. So he's not a, he's not there anymore. And so you're not able, you're Catholic, Joan? Yes, I am. And you're not even able to go to Mass on Sunday? Unfortunately not at this time. How far are you from the church, distance-wise? Um, it's not that far, really, but I also have arthritis, which is... No, 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 no. Are you, how much of a drive? Five minutes? Ten minutes? How how far are you? Maybe not even five minutes. Oh, this is great now. So if your pastor's moved on, that means the church has a new pastor? Yes, they do. Okay. There's a couple things you can do. I would ask you, because you haven't asked the new pastor about this, right? I already did before the old pastor. And he said, unfortunately, the same response I got is that they couldn't do something like that, I guess, in response. But I've read, I've had other parishes close by to me send me bulletins that people offer rides, but I don't understand why my... Forget offering ride. I don't know why the pastor or someone at that parish, the deacon, cannot bring you Holy Communion on Sundays. I have no idea why. That's part of their pastoring a diocese to come to shut-ins, to come to those who cannot get out and bring them Holy Communion. What is more important than that? So why your priest or deacon cannot come and bring you Holy Communion, I would, if I were living with you or near you, I would want to find that out. It, that, that is not good. Uh, it shouldn't depend upon your needing to get there if nobody's able to drive you, but they should come to you. Um, I, I don't know why they're not, but that's what should happen. And also, if you were, if you could, if you had a good priest and or good um, couple of people at that parish, lay people, they could come. You could get involved. You could have a prayer group at your house. I know people that are shut in and they can't do anything, so they've started a prayer group at their house. And then the prayer group brings food, winds up taking them to church, or brings them communion, and they, they take on a project in the church. It could be uh, making things that are needed, or uh, I don't know what, uh, many, many things. Uh, making babies' clothes for the poor, all kinds of things. So if it's possible, Joan, I would try to to see if you could do something to speak to a couple of the women at the church. The, the prayer groups I know are, are mixed women and men. It can be that. It can be that. But start off with women and see if they'll come uh, once a week and meet in your home for prayer and pray the rosary together, pray the divine chaplet together, and let them go to the priest and, and get on his case and say, Joan needs someone to bring her communion, Father. You're it, or the deacon is it. That's the ideal. And you should not be alone. There is so much you can do from home. So much you can do from home. There was a woman, I don't know if you ever saw the film on Mother Teresa, uh, put out by Hallmark. There's a couple of them. Olivia Hussey was in a different, more recent one. 
in the theater's DVD, but this is online. It's from Hallmark, and Charlie Chaplin's daughter is the one who plays Mother Teresa, and I think she does an outstanding job. It's my favorite one. And in that, well, no, it may be the one with Olivia Hussey, actually. It might be the more recent one. There's a woman that comes to volunteer. She comes to India all, and she's English. She just wants to volunteer. That's all she wants to do. And mother tells her how many people come to volunteer and they leave. They can't handle the work. They can't handle the, the, the weather, the sleep, the poverty, all of that. And she said, mother, I want to be here. She was, and she stayed. Well, eventually she came down with, uh, some form of sclerosis. I don't remember, but, she was fainting, and the doctor said she has to go back home. And so she went back home, absolutely in tears, heartbroken. And she said, I want to give my life to this. And mother said, there's a way for you to give your life to this. And now I'm going to tell you when we come back for the break, because there's our break music, beloved. Can you hang on, Joan, till after the break? Yes, I can. Okay, beloved. Hold on. And anyone else, you're free to call in during the break. one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We will be right back. Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic Radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the Stations page of our website, thestationofthecross.com. Users of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Amy says, I live in an isolated area in northern Arizona, and I was only able to listen to Catholic Radio when I visited my parents. This app is wonderful. I love being able to listen, reflect, and learn about my Catholic faith. It's making me stronger every day. Another reviewer says, great alternative, excellent app for when you're not in a good reception area. Even better when linked through Bluetooth to the car stereo for better listening enjoyment. And Daniel recommends iCatholic Radio saying, Catholic Broadcasting Excellence. With this app, I'm always just a click away from my Catholic faith. A must install for all Catholics. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. This is Father Yatsuk Mazur. Please join me in a prayer to St. Boniface. Dear St. Boniface, our Holy Father sent you to evangelize Germany. Aided by monks and relying on God's grace, obtained through assiduous prayer, you made countless converts. O leader who died for the Lord, imbue us with great missionary zeal and help us in our spiritual renewal. Amen.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. So happy to be with you. We're on the line with Joan from Massachusetts. Are you still there, Joan? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I was mentioning, uh, and for those of you who may just joined us, Joan is calling in from uh, uh, Massachusetts um, and asking about help for uh, depression, anxiety, and loneliness, and she's uh, got Physical problems cannot make it to the church. No one is driving her. No one is bringing her communion. It's really an awful situation that should not be the case. And I suggested to you, Joan, when Mother Teresa sent away a very wonderful volunteer who wanted to give her life volunteering with Mother Teresa, um, but she came down with... Uh, Again, I don't know if it was multiple sclerosis. I don't remember what it was, but it was very debilitating. And she had to go back to England. She had to have proper doctor care. And she had to be at home. And what she did, Mother said, I'm going to give you a mission. I want you to become, uh, I want you to pray. I'm going to give you a ministry of prayer, she said. Um, and the, the woman said, Mother, no, I, I mean, I know to pray, but I want to help you more. And Mother said, no, you don't understand me. I want you to pray for us, and I want you to gather a prayer team and pray for us. And when we have major issues here of warfare, I'm going to call you and have you pray. And so she did. She went home, and she gathered people. And one time, Mother was in danger, her order, because of a mishandling of something by one of her sisters with good intentions, but the wrong decision. She, she was almost shut down by the government of India. And it was a very crucial time. And Mother picked up the phone and called that woman. And she got the prayer group together. And the whole thing was solved. But she developed a, a kind of a worldwide prayer group for Mother Teresa. Very, very. So I'm thinking, Joan... You go home and ask Our Lady to help you begin a ministry at home of praying. And if you call the new bishop, uh, not the new bishop, but your new priest, and say to him, Father, uh, I'm not getting to church. I cannot. I know there's not people to drive me, or at least they haven't come forth. Um, but I'm not receiving the Eucharist. And I want to do what I want to do is start a prayer ministry from my house. We are going to be praying for you for God's strength for you, for protection, for all of that. And um, uh, again, gather people and let them go to the priest and say, Father, Joan needs communion. We have to bring her communion. We must do that. So this way, Joan, you will be involved in ministry. You'll be actually leading it from your home. And that, that Eucharistic situation needs to be worked out. Is there any parish closer to you or nearby that you could call a different priest? Um, the pa- I mean, a lot of priests are running like two parishes or three, pa- and the same past new pastor is running both the parishes that are close to my area. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll do what you can, but... I don't know if it has to be a deacon, maybe a retired priest, somebody that should be able to bring you communion. 
and and mm-hmm. at least on Sundays. And it's a wonderful suggestion as well. Good, but because you need not to be lonely. The the way that we cure loneliness, Joan, I have found this myself. The way we cure loneliness is by giving our life away. We're not focused on ourselves. We give our life away, and so maybe there's uh, maybe there's a handicapped little club of children or something that they can have an outing to your house once a week, and you can teach them to sing and play and talk to them about Jesus. The Tons of things that could happen, and you could have a ministry from your home. That would be a beautiful... And I wanted to say something, too, where you said that. When I was a kid growing up, I can remember that to this day. My mother always told me that children and animals could sense the good in me, and I don't know how they could do that, though. Well, I'm I'm not a child or an animal, but I can sense the good in you. There's good in you, Joan. God made you that way. I can, I can hear it in you. I can see you've got a heart of love, and you would take care of anybody. So you need to do that. Do you have any animals at home? Unfortunately, not at this time. I did have two cats at one time, and they both got sick. All right. Passed away, and okay. I have and to you kind of take care of my own health right now. Yeah, I think. I, even... I think so, sweetheart. But you know, I think you know. There's so much. There's probably. Um, uh, a Catholic school nearby that uh, is there a Catholic school nearby yes there is well call it's them affiliated with my parish well oh, I don't know if that'll work or not but call a school <laughs> call a school call a private school they need field time they need service work let them service you by coming as a little group cleaning your house once a week and you'll give them cookies and milk uh, they'll bring the cookies and milk with them and they'll clean your house and you'll sit for a few minutes and have dessert and they go back to school a beautiful thought too i want to yeah. say all right joan god bless you you're on your way Thank don't you too. don't Thank accept you. your present circumstances all right bye-bye sweetheart. Thank you. All right, we had a call uh, from John, and it's off the line. And he said, did St. Joseph and John the Baptist have original sin? And the name, the answer is yes. They both had original sin, but um, John the Baptist, the church teaches, was sanctified in his mother's womb. So he was born from his mother's womb without sin, but he had original sin in his womb, in his mother's womb. And he was sanctified and free from original sin when Our Lady came to visit Elizabeth. And um, um, uh, and again, John the Baptist slept in her womb because he he saw, he was there before his own Lord, in the in the womb of Mary, you know, I pictured so long, um, I pictured so many times uh, Mary, the Blessed Mother, with Jesus in her, standing before Elizabeth with John the Baptist in her, and of course Elizabeth was already six months pregnant, so John the Baptist six months older than his cousin Jesus. Um, And I always pictured the two women with the two babies in their womb. And I always pictured John the Baptist. Here's Jesus bowing to Jesus in the womb of Elizabeth. I I pictured that. And one day I came across a painting, a Russian painting. And I've come across paintings since of that exact thing with the two women before each other. And you could see into their wombs, the artist. And John the Baptist is bowing to Jesus in Mary's womb. It's one of the most exquisite sights 
I've ever seen. I could hardly believe that that I saw it. So yes, he was sanctified in Elizabeth's womb. So he was born into the world without original sin. But uh, Mary, the Blessed Mother, uh, original sin was moved, removed from her at the moment of conception. The minute uh, she was a person in Anne's womb, original sin was moved. So she never had original sin. Um, St. Joseph, we talk about the most pure heart, the most chaste, pure heart of St. Joseph. And I cannot answer that for you. I do not know um, uh, the matter of St. Joseph. I do not know that background of his pure, chaste heart. He is pure and he is chaste, but as far as I know, he was not born without, nobody but Mary was born without original sin. And of course, our Lord, my goodness, but no one else was born without original sin. Okay, uh, we have Alice um, also who called in with this. Uh, in regards to the mother who has children in public school, I think this was a call that we received uh, last week. We moved, she said, Alice said, we moved our family from Texas to Massachusetts for a Catholic school there that is very good. The name of the school is called Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's in Stillwater near Hartford. So that's just kind of a, a comment from Alice to to make the suggestion that those who have to put their children in public school for whatever reason, um, sometimes that's a good thing to do. It depends on the family. It depends on the children. depends upon their strength as Catholics and whether they could be a witness in that school or whether they're going to be taken in by it. But in either case, the parents are the primary educators, and no parent should send their child to a public school or a Catholic school without going through the grid of their Catholic faith every day when they come home. Every day, come on, let's sit down to cookies and milk. Let's talk. Tell us what you learned today. Tell us what you loved. Tell us what you didn't love. Tell us what what happened. Uh, How's everything? What did you learn? Do you love it? Uh, Do you question it? Every single day. Because you, parents, will be accountable for God for what that child learns. Not the school and not the church. You will be accountable. So very, very important. And so... Yes, a family can homeschool. They can put their children in public school. They can put their children in a Catholic school if that's available, but you better know that it's a real Catholic school and they're not going to be teaching new age or same-sex marriage or anything else. You better know what they're teaching. And they have no business teaching sex ed. No business. No school has any business, public or not, teaching sex ed. That is for the parents at home. That is not for the school. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, uh, and, and in any case where it is taught, not before college. And it has to be taught in, in the only way it could be taught is by using good, solid, holy Catholic books on, on the dignity of men and women. Uh, reading a book um, on marriage uh, and all of that. It has to be taught through beautiful, orthodox, holy Catholic books. Um, 
So, Alice, thanks for your suggestion. It's not so simple. It probably wasn't for you either for anyone to just root up their family and move to another state. There's the jobs involved. There's finances. There's all kinds of things. When you can do it, this is a good thing. Um, We have a call from Walter. Are you on the line, dear brother? Yes, mother, I am. Hi. Thanks for calling in, dear one. What's your question? I I have to disagree with you on uh, something that you mentioned earlier in the week. Okay. And that was on the Society of St. Pius X. Yes. Go uh, ahead. No problem. I, Go ahead and disagree. I have to, I have, yeah, okay. Uh, the reason why I feel that uh, you're wrong on that instance is because the good Archbishop Marcel Febvre was just upholding what was taught by St. Pius V in the Cold Freeman. Yep. Yep. And, and that, uh, because of uh, the actions of Archbishop Lefebvre, the I don't believe that the uh, priestly fraternity of St. Peter um, would have been uh, came to fruition. It, I think you're right. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, uh, yeah, and also um, that if it wasn't uh, for Archbishop Lefebvre upholding the true faith, yep. um, the Latin Mass would have died out. Yep. Walter, dear one, I agree with every syllable you've just uttered, and I want to make a public confession because we are on the air. I love Archbishop Lefebvre. I've read some things he's written. I've seen a video on his life. And if he were alive today, I couldn't imagine staying away from him. I love him. I love the Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX. I love it all. We went to Quito, Ecuador, and they were doing a pilgrimage. And we went with them on most of the pilgrimage. Um, uh, they are, you know, I, I, yes, 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 yes to him. Every single thing, Walter. And by only reason for saying that they are not in communion with the church. I don't say they're outside the church. I don't say, um, I'm not going to even say they're in schism. I'm not going to, because again, they've been allowed uh, to make, uh, to uh, uh, oversee marriages, to hear confessions, uh, to do many, many things. Uh, Pope uh, Paul, uh, Pope Francis has allowed it. Um, I, I wish, I wish that they could be stated to be in communion with the church. I met with a, a very wonderful canon lawyer that I love and respect uh, just a month or two ago, and I poured my heart out about the SSPX to him. Um, and he said, I know, I know, I know, but they are not in communion with the church. Now, Cardinal Burke, really, who headed the Apostolic Signatura just about the highest canon lawyer in the church says the same thing even with the excommunications being lifted not they didn't say they're outside or but the they're not in full communion with the church and i love them i would be with the sspx in one second but i want to obey god and if the pope even if he's wrong but if he says they're not in communion, and they've never been said to be in full communion, not even by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. then I say they're not in communion, 
and then we don't attend their masses. So that's where I stand, dear Walter. That's the end of our program, beloved. Maybe we could speak with you another day. God bless you.